welcome SAS people to the SAS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SAS Revolution courtesy of Sascribe Media. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and uh, really excited to be joined today uh, by a very special guest, uh, Jill Rowley. Um, Jill is a social selling evangelist. Welcome, Jill. Hi, Alex. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's a real pleasure. Now, um, Jill, why don't we start with what, uh, if you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, I won't take you too far back, but uh, um, uh, in university I studied undergraduate business program, so a broad mix of finance, marketing, uh, computer sciences, uh, accounting, and entrepreneurship. Um, I've had a 21-year career. I spent six years in consulting, 13 years in software sales at salesforce.com and Eloqua. And then Eloqua was, uh, we went public in August of 2012. And then unfortunately, or fortunately, December of 2012, Oracle acquired Eloqua. And uh, I spent a bit of time building a global social selling program at Oracle for the 23,000 sales reps there. And then uh, about a year and a quarter ago, I launched my own company and now I get to decide what I do, when I do it, and how I do it. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so you mentioned, obviously, your uh, long experience in software sales. I, I think, I mean, you said 13 years. I also read, um, you know, 52 quarters uh, as another way um, of putting it. And, you know, being an account executive uh, at Salesforce right through to uh, Eloqua, um, you know, which, as you said, was uh, IPO'd and then acquired, unfortunately or fortunately, by by Oracle. Um, but uh, but throughout your, uh, I guess, time as um, you know, a sales executive, uh, I understand you were consistently a top performer. Um, you know, often number one or number two. You know, within the organisation, uh, what was it that helped you to be a consistent top performer throughout you know such a long period? Yeah, Alex. I you know I think. A lot of it has to do with my consulting background and even before that, my business background. And I have really an insatiable thirst for understanding how companies work. Um, I'll go into a restaurant and I'll be running the numbers in my head. I'll be thinking, how many tables are in the restaurant? What's the average check size? How many times do they have to turn the tables? You know, all, all things like that. And the best salespeople aren't out there, pitchy, pitchy, selly, selly, always be closing. They're really understanding the customer, understanding the customer's business, understanding the customer's customers, understanding the customer's go-to customer strategy, understanding what the the business um, goals of the customer are. What are the priorities? What are the the way that that company is organized? What are the the gaps in either skills, process, technology, and and really being someone who can put themselves in the the world of the customer and be 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 someone who can advise the customer rather than, again, pitchy, pitchy, selly, selly, always be closing. <laughs> so I, I, I guess, um, you know, having this uh, insatiable thirst and ability to, or curiosity, you know, uh, to, to understand 
um, you know what the customer's needs are, and then you know to be able to advise. But as you say, rather than uh, to be closing and to be pitching, that that's really, uh, I guess, part of your secret to success. Yeah, for sure. And and it's you know I just wrote an email this morning because I sent um, a company that I've been talking to about social selling and social selling training and enablement for their sales organization. I sent them a new report that's out from a company called MHI Global. It's uh, Miller Hyman. And this is where I'll say, I'm down with OPC. Yeah, you know me. I'm down with other people's content. Right. And uh, as a sales professional, which I still am, even though I'm a quote evangelist and an entrepreneur and a business owner, whatever label you want to put on me. But at the end of the day, I'm a salesperson. That's that's what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm trapped in a marketer's body. But but I am a sales professional. Um, so I sent them an email. I sent them I sent them this report, just sort of uh, talking about social selling is going mainstream and the data behind that. And and they come back with you know this is still something that we're we're interested in. We just have other priorities that are taking precedence. And I responded, hey, I will continue to nurture and educate you. My job is not to sell you; it's to get you ready to buy. And so I'll continue to nurture you. And when you're ready to have a conversation, let me know. But I'm not selling. I'm helping people buy. That's the difference. No, I, and I think that that's, uh, as you say, that that's how sales should be, uh, you know, today. And um, I think it is in, in the most part, definitely, uh, definitely getting there. Now um, you, uh, you you mentioned sort of um, uh, the, the the Oracle uh, acquisition of uh, Eloqua there, and uh, I think you know during the um, let's say the, uh, the the takeover um, uh, period that you were um, uh, invited to teach social selling, uh, I think to the the tw or you were teaching social selling to the twenty three thousand strong sales team at Oracle, um, and then they uh, they fired you. What happened? Uh, what happened there? Yeah, so that was day, uh, month 10, day 17, when I got the call, a, a, a phone call um, to, to terminate my employment. And, and that was basically how the message was delivered. My, my boss was on the line and, uh, and he says, good morning. And I had a really fabulous relationship with my direct boss, um, my second direct boss at Oracle. My first direct boss couldn't, couldn't handle me. Um, and, and so he says, you know, he's, he, I had just come back from a week off. He was getting ready to take a week off. So I thought we were just going to talk about the priorities. And he says, I have HR on the line. I'm like, oh shit, I know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the HR professional says, you know, the company has decided to terminate your employment. And I said, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but companies can't make decisions. Um, they don't have a brain, a heart, or a soul, um, and Oracle doesn't have a heart or a soul. Um, and 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 sh and I said, so who's decided to terminate my employment? And she said, no, the company has decided to terminate your employment. I'm said, I, I'm sorry, you're not understanding my question. The company can't make decisions. Who's decided to terminate the employment? But anyways, um, that's just how Oracle is. So I I was actually quite surprised. Um, I loved every moment, literally the 10 months and 17 days I spent at Oracle, I learned so much. I am grateful for the experience. It was um, one that I never thought I would have uh, gotten because I'm not a, I'm, I, 
inside working for a $40 billion company that moves, you know, slower than my 90 year old grandmother. Um, that, that's just not who I am. I'm a startup person who, you know, really wants to move fast. I always feel like there's a window of opportunity to, you know, take it to market or grow the revenue or, you know, uh, beat the competition or whatever it is. But, um, I was there to not just drive social selling as a mindset and a skill set into the sales organization, what I was really there to do was to change the culture of Oracle. And in one hashtag, Oracle's culture is hashtag Oracle obsessed. If you walk down the halls of Oracle, there's posters, number one in this, number one in that, you know, 100 out of 100 top Fortune 500 companies run on Oracle, number one in pharmaceutical, number one in life sciences. And it's all about, you know, chest pounding. You go to events and it's all Oracle-centered um, posters. It's nothing about the customer. And I, I, you know, I spent over a decade at Eloqua. We were customer-centered. We were customer-centric. We were customer-obsessed. Now, it doesn't mean we did everything right and that, you know, that our product was easy enough to use um, or fast enough to deploy um, or didn't take an army of, you know, uh, experts to get it up and running. Um, you know, we weren't perfect, but uh, we were always looking at things through the eyes of the customer. So I don't know if that, you know, I'll, I'll take a breath and let you ask another question. I don't know if that answers it, but I was there to change the culture. That's not what they hired me to do. I can't believe I made it to month 10, day 17 before they fired me because I wasn't there to become like Oracle. I was there to help them become like Eloqua. Yeah, well, a big job. He did answer the question, and probably a big job to change the the culture of uh, Oracle. But probably, I guess it was uh, a blessing, and uh, and now you know it's enabled you, you know, to start up your own practice. You're evangelizing on on social selling. Um, uh, the, the, there are many uh, different variations of social selling. Um, you know, what what is your uh, view on the, uh, the the definition of it? Yeah, so I've actually uh, put a stake in the ground and have my definition that I repeat so that I'm consistent. Um, I define social selling as using social networks, not social media, social networks to do research on the buyer, the buying committee, and the sphere of influence over the buyer and the buying committee. So it's to do research so that you can be relevant, so that you can build a relationship that ultimately not only drives revenue, but customer lifetime value and advocacy. Done well, social selling is about using social networks to find, listen, relate, connect, engage with buyers and ultimately to be found by those buyers. Okay, uh, and um, no, I mean, that's uh, definitely uh, a great definition. Uh, and I think it uh, goes above perhaps, you know, some of the, the misconceptions uh, around social selling that it is just, you know, using social media, um, you know, to find your customers and, you know, send a few tweets out or post something on LinkedIn. There is much more to social selling than that. And uh, I think that's definitely, you know, covered within 
that definition, uh, you know, really well. Um, now, in, but in talking of the, uh, the the channels uh, for for social selling, um, you know, do you think there is a best channel for social selling, or is it, you know, are, are people using more you know Twitter than LinkedIn, or you you know, really should there not just be a best channel? It, it's just a culmination of uh, of, of everything. So, Alex, it's all about being where your buyers are. And so there is, I can't say, you know, there are 7 billion people in the world. Um, you have to think about where your ideal fit customers, well, first off, who are your ideal fit customers, right? Who are the companies and the people within those companies that are going to get massive value from either buying your product or your service? So this is all about looking at things through the eyes of the customer and, and asking yourself, where are my buyers? Where are they offline? I was at a physical event yesterday, right? So I still believe in face-to-face. -face. Um, and where are they online? Which social networks are my buyers in? And not just my buyers, but the people who influence my buyers. And in the B2B world, and that's really, I don't live in the B, I mean, I live in the B2C world, obviously, but I work in the B2B world. I work with business to business companies that sell um, products that range anywhere from, you know, 500 in ACV to uh, a couple million in ACV. Um, and, and so it's all about being where your buyers are. So for me personally, where do I spend my time? Well, my buyers are head of sales, head of marketing, head of sales enablement, head of sales training, um, the CEO. Um, and so my buyers are on LinkedIn and a good amount of them are on Twitter. Um, sure, some of them are on Facebook, but that's not where they want to have a business relationship with me. Um, sure, some of them are on Instagram and they're on Snapchat and they're on Pinterest. But again, that's not necessarily where they want to have a business relationship with me. So for me personally, LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay, yeah, and I, I, I think I'm sure I read somewhere recently that actually um, a lot of people are moving more to Twitter, um, you know, for, uh, for business uh, information, um, you know, as opposed to what is you know traditionally thought of, you know, them being on uh, on LinkedIn. So I've I've heard that there is a trend, you know, moving towards Twitter being the most uh, you know popular place um, for people to uh, do business and find their uh, contacts. So that's quite interesting. Um, uh, you you mentioned actually, you know, going beyond the the social media, um, social networks, and, and actually. Um, social selling, you know, includes you know face-to-face -face, um, uh, business and you know being in in the physical world. Uh, can you give, uh, I guess, an example or examples of where connecting, um, you know, with people um, in the physical world, you know, has helped you close a deal or or even you know get a new job? Yeah, but before we do that, um, and, and let's come back to that, Alex, I, I want to give you a specific example of why Twitter is a more interesting platform for engagement than LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I, I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, I mean, I don't hear a name without my immediately, like physically wanting to go type that name into LinkedIn 
and see who that person is and get some. And this is where the difference between networks and media comes in. Social networks layer on three primary things about someone, about you, Alex. It layers on your identity, who you are, where you've worked, where you went to university, what skills you have. It layers on relationships, to whom you are connected, what groups you're a member of, lots of SAS groups. And then um, and, and when you look at it at, from a Twitter perspective, uh, let me give you one specific example, Parker Conrad. So at this physical event yesterday, Forecast 2015, put on by BASE, BASE CRM, you know, they're coming in and they're trying to disrupt um, and drink Salesforce.com's milkshake, um, designed for mobile, the mobile workforce, um, really modern UI, very simple to use. And so they want to come in and, and drink Salesforce.com's milkshake. So one of the speakers at this event, Parker Conrad, he's the CEO and co-founder of Zenefits. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you know of Zenefits because it's literally one of the hottest, fastest growing SaaS companies with a $3 billion valuation and only you know $40 million in, in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, compare that to ADP, the, the, the big boy in the space, um, $40 billion in revenue, who's actually suing, they just filed a lawsuit against Zenefits. Well, Parker Conrad is speaking at this event. And, you know, while I'm at the event, I'm actually tweeting um, some of the sound bites from Parker Conrad. And I look at Parker on Twitter and he, well, first off, he has the default image of an egghead, mm-hmm. which I don't know if he's doing it deliberately to just say like, screw you. I don't care what you think. Like I have an egghead and I'm still Parker Conrad. Cause the, he's a cowboy. He's like really hilarious. I love the guy. Um, but he, but I, but then I look at him and he has 102 people that he's following only 102. So I go in and I look at who are the 102 people that Parker Conrad follows, because I want to better understand who he's influenced by, who he cares about, Julie Bort, the editor for Business Insider. That's one of the, the most recent people that he started to follow. Um, that, that tells me something about him. Um, so anyways, I wanted to go back to that because sometimes when we talk about social selling and we use these, these terms, we don't make it real for the listener to understand, okay, conceptually that makes sense, but practically how do I use social as a channel to do research, to be relevant, to build a relationship? And how do I use it for a channel for engagement? And when I tweeted some of the sound bites from Parker, he actually engaged. He engaged and commented, and he would never have done that on LinkedIn. I wouldn't have gotten him to engage on LinkedIn because that platform isn't as engagement friendly as Twitter is. So we, I, I, just, I really thought it was important for your listeners to have some practical um, advice and an example of how this platform really works for finding, listening, relating, connecting, and engaging. No, that's uh, that, that's a really great um, uh, story, and, and and actually we we know firsthand that Parker Conrad does engage. We we in fact I think we've written two articles on uh, on Zenefits, um, uh, you know, of late, 
uh, and one of them, uh, Parker, um, uh, commented on uh, about you know how we were so sure about the, uh, the 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 data that we were sort of referencing. But uh, so uh, yeah, no, he's definitely active on Twitter, and you're right on LinkedIn. It's uh, it, it's very different. It's very different. Um, so yeah, love that love that story. So uh, moving on to we were talking about the uh, um, uh, the the question around connecting and connecting. Uh, I guess you, you, you know not just online but in person. Um, you know, an, an example of uh, connecting uh, that's really you know helped you uh, close a deal or, or, or get a new job. Sure. Yeah, you bet. Um, so let's actually go back before even social networks existed, which we can fast forward and talk about when they did exist and how the physical world has helped me. But um, I moved to San Francisco in 1997. I actually came out to San Francisco for a project when I was still in consulting. I then took a project over in Hawaii for a year and I worked in Hawaii on Oahu for a year. I came back to San Francisco and actually um, started to date my now husband. Um, I kissed a lot of frogs before I uh, settled down with my prince. Um, and, and so as we started to date, I, I know I wanted to, to, to live and, 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 and plant some seeds in, in San Francisco. So, and I knew I wanted to get out of consulting and I wanted to get into sales. Um, I didn't know what kind of sales. And so I was in this exploratory period and I went to this, um, small, Bay Area networking event where you know, we were in a room and we were talking about trends and technology and we were drinking beers. And um, there was this guy who, Drew Seacrest is his name, and he said, you know, would you be interested in um, interviewing at salesforce.com? We're hiring. And mind you, Alex, Salesforce, this was in 2000. Salesforce, you know, the founding date is 99. They had probably less than 100 employees, uh, less than 100 customers, and, and I didn't care. All I wanted, you know, I was trying to interview for sales jobs, and no one was interviewing me because I didn't have sales experience on my resume. And so at this physical event, this, you know, sales person at Salesforce said, would you want to, you know, interview at Salesforce? And I said, Absolutely. And I was able to get the interview because of his recommendation. Otherwise, they never would have interviewed me because I didn't have sales on, on my resume. So, yes, I, I mean, I can. It is not just about being connected via the social web. You have to get out there and be face to face with people. That's how the real relationships develop and take shape. shape. So, as much as I'm an advocate for social, social is just one channel and your network is your net worth. Your network is your net worth. So ABC always be connecting. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're a massive advocates, uh, you know, at Saskribe of, uh, uh, networking, connecting, but, you know, uh, in the essence of getting out of the building, you know, not just being online and on email, but get out of the building and, and meet people, and I, I think that's you know super important. Whether um, you know you're a, a SaaS professional or a, you know a SaaS founder, um, you know get out of the building is uh, is you know one of our mantras. Um, so that's uh, you know it's a, a, a great story. Um, uh, you know once again, 
Um, uh, so I think we're, we're coming to a, a, a close on the podcast. Just a couple of, uh, uh, let's say, quicker um, uh, uh, questions um, in terms of this one is, um, you know, what are your top uh, social selling tips? Sure. Top tips. Um, first, you have to look as good online as you do offline. And people are getting their first impression of you via your digital presence. And so one of the things I say is if you suck offline, you're going to suck even more online. So don't suck. (laughs) Optimize your online digital presence for the community, the audience, the people that you want to build relationships with. So from a sales perspective, if you are bragging about your quota crushing capabilities on your LinkedIn profile, you, your people are going to be allergic to you. So think about your digital presence through the eyes of the people that you're trying to build relationships with. Um, two, connecting with people. One of the expressions to be interesting be interested in something other than yourself. So Alex, how I got your attention was by listening to your podcast and tweeting about it. I didn't tweet to you, pitchy, pitchy, selly, selly, social selling. You need to be covering social selling on your podcast. It was tweeting about your podcast, bringing you more visibility and viewers and listeners to your podcast. So to be interesting, be interested in something other than yourself. Three, content is the currency of the modern professional. I won't even say sales professional, the modern professional. We are so overwhelmed with content and the content I know from my personal behavior that I consume is the content that comes to me via the people in my social networks. And so if you're not reading and sharing relevant, edutaining, um, informational, uh, insightful content, you have less opportunity to be in the consumption um, of your the people you're trying to attract. So what you do, Alex, is you have a podcast with awesome content, and that's drawing people to you because you are a resource for people who want to learn about the SaaS industry. And then four, listening. Not not just listening with your two ears, but listening to the social web for things that are triggers where they trigger the opportunity for you to help someone, to engage with someone, to edutain someone. And so there's a whole new channel for listening. And that channel is the social web. So those are just a few. um, And and that's designed for the actual individual. If we were talking about, you know, Cisco or GE, from a strategic perspective at the Beth Comstock CMO level of how should she, you know, design and operationalize and scale a social selling initiative for her entire global sales force, my advice would be completely different. But for your audience, the entrepreneurs, 
everyone's in sales. So every single person on this podcast should be thinking about their digital presence, thinking about their professional network, thinking about content and how they can leverage that to get um, more people to, to, to notice them, to engage with them, and listening for opportunities to add value and contribute and help others. Awesome, awesome tips there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, pleased actually that you, uh, you reached out uh, uh, to, to me uh, via Twitter um, and, and therefore, you know, we're having this um, uh, podcast today. So, I mean, that's a you know, fantastic uh, real life example there. Um, now, uh, I guess final question, um, one sales book, or actually, I mean, it doesn't have to be a sales book, one business book uh, that every, every person, every uh, uh, SaaS professional should read. Mm, there isn't one. And that's the thing. If all you're going to do is read one book, you won't be successful. Um, so that, that, and I think that's an obvious, oh, duh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you can't listen to one podcast or yeah. read one white paper or look at one infographic, but timing is everything. So the book I'm going to recommend today, um, I saw, uh, I'm an advisor to HubSpot mm -hmm. and, um, I was at the forecast event with a bunch of, you know, VPs of sales at SaaS companies yesterday and Mark Roberge, who, if you're not following Mark Roberge at Mark Roberge, uh, he grew HubSpot from, you know, zero million to a hundred million and, uh, grew customers from zero to 12,000 and grew the sales team from zero to several hundred, um, his book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, is really a recipe. And, and what I love about the book, it is so freaking data-driven. Um, and that is really how businesses need to, you have to have a data-driven, process-oriented, hyper-growth mentality and you have to know what are the right metrics that need to be measured and how to pull the levers, how to understand whether the business is in a healthy state or not, and then how to make course correction. So the book that I recommend today because of, um, one, the audience who's listening, but two, just having spent time with Mark yesterday, The Sales Acceleration Formula. And Alex, if you want to interview Mark Roberge on your, on your podcast, um, and you don't have a connection to him, I'd be I'd be honored to to make that introduction for you. Actually, I've got a I've, I've got a big smile on my face there, Jill, because uh, Mark was one of our first guests on the uh, on the podcast, and we um, I think you know it's a great choice of, of book. We we actually uh, uh, spent a lot of time discussing the sales uh, acceleration formula, so I had to read it in uh, in two days before the podcast, and and it's definitely you know, one that I would recommend to, to everybody to read. So uh, a, a good choice there. But and also thanks for the offer. Um, but uh, I, I will link your answer to the uh, to the interview we did with uh, with Mark. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> <Woo -hoo! laughs> that is so fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jill, I mean, you, you, I think you've been truly uh, amazing guest and, you, you know, some really, really fantastic uh, insights provided, uh, not just on social selling, um, but uh, you, you know much more than that. Um, so thanks for uh, thanks for being with us uh, uh, today. It's a real pleasure.
And yeah, thanks, Alex. I'm gonna I'm gonna go have another cup of coffee. Yeah. I think you're gonna go have a glass of red wine. Yeah, yeah. Give me uh, give, give me 15 minutes, and definitely I will. Or, or maybe what the heck, I'll uh, I'll start early. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, you've been listening to the SAS Revolution Show. Um, you know, if you enjoyed this show, please review or rate it uh, uh, on iTunes. Um, and we'll uh, speak to you next time.